Yo, 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 what up guys? This is Casey and I got another episode of the podcast and this is a special episode and what makes this episode so special is that it's not just me talking about my weekly picks or me picking one defined subject and talking for half an hour. I actually, I'm going to be talking about a lot of subjects that you guys sent me in. Usually I uh, ask you guys to send me mailbag questions and I'll answer it on my Instagram and I'll write the answers and just screenshot it and upload it. But instead I'm going to be answering you guys' questions on here on the podcast so it's going to be a lot of fun for both of us. So before I get into that, my man, Redskins Nation Dangerous Crew, he has a clothing line. I'm going to leave the link in the description uh, for his Instagram and also the website. He makes a nice ass shirts and hats for uh, his brand and it's a dope brand. So if you're Redskins fans, please check it out. Even if you don't buy it, just let me know what you think of it or let him know. And I'll definitely post that in there so you guys can uh Look at that, and uh, please try to support him as well as myself. And anything you guys want me to shout out, just let me know, and I'll shout you out on here. So the first question, somebody said, uh, they asked me, how is Ezekiel Elliott still playing football this season? I don't know what is going on with this man, Zeke. He's still playing. He's going to get suspended sooner or later, in my opinion. He cannot run from this. It's just a matter of when the, the whole the whole situation is just ridiculous. I don't even know. I don't want to get too far into it, whether he abused her or sexually assaulted. Whatever the fuck happened, I don't want to get into that. I wasn't there when it did or didn't happen. I don't got no sides to the story. I have no evidence, so I'm not getting into that. But just as far as him getting suspended, then them uplifting the suspension, and him filing restraining orders on this suspension, all this weird shit, I... This is retarded. He just needs to get suspended, get it over with. If he was smart, he would have just took it straight from the get-go and been able to play the end of the season. But what I ultimately think is going to end up happening is he's going to get suspended around like week 10, maybe 10, 11, 12, and end up missing the end of the season. And even potentially uh, maybe like the one one or two games next season. So I think he should just eat the suspension as soon as possible because he's not running from it, in my opinion. So that's one of the questions. Another question, uh, my friend Josh, my roommate, he said my favorite rookies. So I really like this question because I feel like the rookies aren't getting talked about enough. Like you got Kareem Hunt, obviously, Deshaun Watson, and like Leonard Fournette. These are guys that are getting a lot of uh, love that everybody expected to do well. But the rookies that I specifically like is uh, TJ Watt. I'm really impressed with TJ Watt because I honestly, I didn't think he was going to be that good. Uh, people compared him to JJ so much. They're like, oh, he's he's going to be the next great outside linebacker. Get the fuck out of here. He's not going to be anywhere near as good as JJ. This is what I thought before. But going into this season and actually watching him play, I watched pretty much all the Steelers games. And he's, re- he's really been impressive. He's great. He's all right in pass coverage. He's definitely one of the better run stoppers. He's like one of PFF's ranked top run stuffers on the edge. So he really impressed me. I didn't think he was going to be that nice. I thought he was overrated just because he was JJ's brother, like I said. But uh, he's been playing really well, and he deserves a lot of credit. So I apologize for judging him like that, and he's proved me wrong to this point. Uh, another uh, rookie that I like a lot is Leonard Fournette. Obviously, Leonard Fournette's Leonard Fournette, but he got a lot of uh, slack in the beginning of the year after like the first uh, after the first preseason game. Hold on, wait a second. I got to get something to drink. After the first preseason game, or his first start or whatever, he got a touchdown and he released some statements saying, oh, this was easy or some shit in there. All the analysts were bashing him and they were like, oh, what is wrong with him? Who does he think he is? 
just wait till the season starts and all this shit because it was like a goal line touchdown. So he's over here clowning the NFL, talking about the competition's weak and all this stuff. And he's basically came into the season and has been doing exactly what he's done at LSU. This guy, it's one thing for a rookie. If, if you're just naturally good at making people miss and using your athleticism and you got really good juke moves and spin moves or you're just gifted fast, your speed is just naturally gifted, you're running four threes. It's one thing if you can utilize that to your advantage. But Leonard Fournette, this guy's just running grown men over. He, I mean, in college, he's running over 230-pound linebackers, 240-pound guys. So for him to come into the NFL and be going against guys even bigger than that, faster and he's still treating them like little ass boys and doing whatever he wants is really impressive so hats off to Leonard Fournette and it's really great to see that the Jaguars finally got somebody uh dependable in the backfield they had the guy from Michigan I forget his name right now but for Leonard Fournette to come in here and really be a building block for that team for maybe the next decade hopefully if he stays healthy that's that's really big for them they got a nice defense so it's just up to Blake Bortles honestly and as he uh, matures and gets better, or if they draft somebody else, regardless, I don't know what's going on over there. But yeah, I think they're being in good shape for the next few years. They just locked up Telvin Smith. Another uh, rookie that I'm impressed with is uh, my man Jared Davis, a Florida boy. If you haven't checked my YouTube video, my very first YouTube video was a film breakdown on him. And uh, I'm in love with the way he plays. He's really like, when you think of a prototypical middle linebacker, a run stuffer, that's exactly what you get there. I mean, this guy doesn't even wear gloves. That pretty much explains all you need to know. If a linebacker doesn't wear gloves, he's ready to fuck everyone up, everyone and anyone. So I really like Jared Davis there. Out in uh, Detroit, he's been playing well. He's not the best. He has his flaws, but as far as just coming in and being an impact player, I really think that he's a standout rookie. Uh, Deshaun Watson, like I said, he's a great rookie. I didn't think he was going to be this good so fast. I th- I thought he would be good, but for him to come in here and be uh, top five in the league in total touchdowns, this guy is really out here doing his thing and balling, maybe even better than he was doing at Clemson. I mean, he won the Heisman, but for him to come in here and really turn around this whole Texans offense, like last year with Brock Osweiler and their quarterback carousel and all that shit, it really – uh, was kind of disgusting to watch. Other than DeAndre Hopkins, they would have been lost. So to see him hook up with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins a lot of times this season, and also a couple of run touchdowns he had, like versus Cincinnati on Thursday night football, he had a beautiful touchdown. So these are some impressive things that uh, Texans fans can look forward to for the next decade or so. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's a guy that I didn't even know prior to him breaking out with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, it just seems like they just churn out running backs so easily. I mean, you go from Kendrick West to uh, Jamal Charles. Who else? They had somebody else. I can't even think of his name right now. But now Kareem Hunt and this guy's out here looking like arguably MVP. So it's just a lot of nice rookies. I know I'm missing many, many rookies that I'm not even going to be able to get to. But these are just a couple of the names that I like as far as the best rookies. So next question. Uh, somebody said, at the end of the year, do you see Kirk Cousins staying here? And if so, what do you see in this team long-term over those years? And if not, what do you think they should do with quarterback? Should they give it to Colt or draft someone late? And pretty much what quarterbacks do I think they'll pick? I'm not going to get into which quarterbacks just because I'm not really too in. I haven't done my scouting yet, and I don't really watch that much college football to know who, who exactly would fit well with our offense. But I can uh, definitely give my input on what I think is going to happen with him. So basically the Redskins, in my opinion, if you don't pay Kirk Cousins, something is, is really wrong with you. 
He yes, he has his flaws. He isn't clutch. Whatever you want to say, okay, that's fine. But if not Kirk, who who is going to get the ball? Who's who's throwing the ball? Who like there's no better alternatives. If we if say we do draft a rookie. Okay, let's say we finish out 6 and 10, we pick 8 for 9th whatever and we draft a QB top 10. Is that quarterback going to come in and be as good as Kirk? Hell no. It might take him a little while. He might eventually. But, I mean, Kirk's already established. He already knows a system. The offense is perfectly built around his strengths. So why even just pay the man? The sooner you pay him, the sooner the market resets, and you're going to look like you made the right decision. If we would have paid him a couple years ago, nobody would even be talking about it. They paid Derek Carr this year. Nobody's saying shit. He has his flaws. Matt Stafford, they paid him. He definitely has his flaws. Nobody's saying shit. So just pay the man, end it, and end the drama. The sooner we do that, the drama's ended, and Redskins fans can move on. Um, if we didn't re-sign him, what do I think would happen? Or who do I want to uh, kind of take over the position? <laughs> definitely, definitely not Colt McCoy. A lot of Redskins fans like Colt. And I, like, I understand for a backup, he's a quality backup. Say Kirk has to go out or something or for a game or something and you just throw him in there. All right, that's fine, whatever. But realistically speaking, for Colt McCoy to take over an entire season, no, I don't I don't even want to fathom what the hell that would look like. He's not bad, but like I said, there's just certain things that you just got to uh, be real about. A backup quarterback just coming in here. And Colt McCoy, he's a veteran presence, definitely something, definitely better than a lot of other quarterbacks that have taken over. But that's not what I want to see. I'd rather just start fresh and try to draft someone. It's taken us many, many years, all Redskins fans know, to get to this point with Kirk and RG3 to get consistent quarterback play. But I'd, I'd rather just start over and roll the dice rather than throw Colt in there. Because with, with Colt, our quarterback, just be honest, like what is our ceiling? With, with Kirk Cousins, our ceiling right now is like, borderline playoff team if we get a couple more pieces maybe a couple wins in the playoffs like with Colt McCoy we're looking at eight and eight ceiling maybe in my opinion he's nowhere near the quarterback that Kirk is so like why even risk that that's just what I think on it there's definitely people who have other takes on it so everybody has their own take on that whole situation just pay the man give him his money and just build around him continue building like every other franchise you've got a good quarterback pay him and just just build from the ground up. Keep working. Uh, somebody said, "Are the Seahawks falling off?" I don't know what it is with the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are falling off. They still have a lot of pieces. They still have a good defense that they can build around. I think the problem in Seattle is just their offense. I don't know like what it is. I kind of have this thing with NFL teams when, like, with receiving cores, they add too many receivers of the same type. Like, Seattle's always had these shorter, quicker receivers, similar to L.A. and what they did with, like, Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey and all these, like, shorter receivers, like Robert Woods, all these guys. I don't, like, uh, Golden Tate and uh, Doug Baldwin, all these, like, 5'11"-ish fast receivers. You need taller receivers. You need receivers with different skill sets. You need possession receivers. Like, what the Redskins did last year, you got Deshaun Jackson. You got a deep threat. You got Pierre Garçon, a possession guy. You add in Jordan, like you, they need to mix it up and get some variety to their offense. You can't just run the ball all the time, all the time, and stop the run with your defense, and then just run it, and then have these similar receivers just running bullshit, crossing routes, and 
and especially with their offensive line, if you're not going to have a good offensive line, you got to have a lot of receivers who can make plays on their own, not just these guys you just throw in there and just have them do whatever. So, oh, excuse me, I need to get something to drink. So, yeah, this is pretty much what I think about Seattle. I think their problem is the offense, honestly, and the receivers and the offensive line to be specific. I think their running back by committee approach is decent. They can always churn out positive runs. They've had some decent fitting running backs in there right now. Their running backs aren't the best, but they're good enough, I think, with that defense and with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a hell of a quarterback. He doesn't get enough credit. So I think they just need to add some variety to their receivers, receiving core. And it helps strengthen that offensive line. They need to draft. They need to make a trade or something. They have more than enough expendable pieces where they can make a splash in free agency or to trade and just do something to help bolster that offensive line or to receive a core, one of them at least, if not both. Um, Somebody asked if the Redskins could possibly go 12-4. and four. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because that's just not realistic. The schedule is too tough. The team's not playing well. We're hammered with injuries, so... This is not looking favorable. I'd say, to, to be realistic for, say, a final prediction, let me see. Let me look at the schedule real quick. It's, it's really tough right now. We're in a bad place, but it, it could definitely be worse. So uh, we're looking at Dallas this week, and then we're at Seattle, home versus Minnesota, at New Orleans, uh, home versus the Giants, at Dallas. So these, these are a lot of tough games. I think this three-game, four-game stretch, actually, at Dallas or versus Dallas at home, at Seattle, those are two games. I think if we go one-and-one one in those games, we'll be in decent shape. Uh, Minnesota and then at New Orleans, that's definitely two winnable games. New Orleans, don't sleep on them, or Minnesota. They're both two very good teams, but I think we, can, we have the potential to beat them, and they're definitely not our hardest test still on the schedule. So I think those are a couple wins we could get. Hopefully two and two out of those. And then the last stretch, we're looking at maybe like three more wins, I think. So I'd say we could go anywhere from eight and eight to ten and six at best. I don't really think ten any more than ten and six uh, we're not going to get to. So as far as the playoff picture, it's going to be tough fighting for the wild card because the division, the way Philly's playing right now, is pretty much a wrap on that. For the wild cards, we're competing with uh, Seattle or the Rams or even uh, Green Bay, some of those teams from the NFC West, um, NFC North, and I'm trying to think who else would we be battling with? Uh, New Orleans, pretty much any of those like bubble teams we're going to be fighting with. So it's going to be hard to get in there. I think if we get to nine and seven, that might be pushing. I think ten and six would be a solid record to really secure a wild card spot. So that's just what I think will go down for the rest of the season. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I hope we can finish stronger than that, but the way the injuries are looking, the way everything else is looking, it doesn't look favorable, but I always got faith in my team. I still got us going to the wild card, but that's my thoughts. That was you guys' questions. Always, always appreciate the questions. Send me more for next week so I can get on. And uh, remember, I'm going to put the link down in the description for Redskins Nation, Dangerous Crew, and what he represents. He has a dope clothing line, and he has a... Uh, Many countries are represented by his brand. People internationally bought his clothing in Canada, Mexico, Switzerland. So please look at that. Let him know, like I said, what you think. Let me know. Send me more questions for the mailbag. Let me know what you want to see on YouTube. Uh, anything, any suggestions to make my brand better, let me know what you think. And I appreciate you for listening. Peace out.